Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire 1, Dapuma, and a special guest this week, Eric Burgess. Fellas, how are you guys? Oh, it is great to be back. It is great to have the the legend known as Burge, uh, the guy that goes toe-to-toe with Adam Jones. Lee. It's uh, it's great to have him on the pod. Burge, how you doing, man? It's great to be here. <laughs> Can't wait to uh, to to go into all this with you guys. Been uh, now, been now, following Burge, you guys I, on Twitter. Ready to go. <laughs> Burge, I don't know how much you know about myself and the Puma. Obviously, I know you know quite a bit about Puma because you guys have been college together. But I I think I'm already in love with you because uh, off air <laughs> I heard about your Gmail address and and I need to know one of two things. I need to know a how much can I buy that domain off of you, right? <laughs> <laughs> and B, like, wh- when did you come up with this? Because his email address for the audience listening is tombradymvp at gmail.com, correct? And I, and I yes. think that is by far the greatest, the greatest email domain of all time. Sir, I absolutely love you. I got that right when uh, when Gmail was coming out. So this was, had to have been probably 15 16 years ago, I was like a freshman in high school, right around the time that the the Patriots were were in the middle of their first dynasty, and I jumped on it, and I don't ever use it anymore. My Skype account was tied to it from, again, 14, 15 years ago, and I've just never gotten around to change it. I don't know why you don't use it. I'd be requesting my employer to have that email address. Yeah, I'm not even a Pats fan. I would totally be leaning into that, Burge. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. No, I was going to say, I got to be more professional than that these days. (laughs) Well, we'll get into all that, but let me give you guys a quick rundown of podcast number 63. Um, We have Eric Burgess on the line with us. We're going to bullshit with him for a little bit, and then we're going to jump right into the games that we're going to be preying for week six. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Denver-New England game, uh, Buffalo versus Kansas City, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, uh, Los Angeles versus San Fran, and then Dallas versus Arizona for the Monday night game. Uh, but, uh, Eric, I, Brennan told me you have a couple things you want to get off your chest, sir. What, what do you want to get off your chest? Let's, let's, uh, let's hear it. Well, the, uh, the, the Boston Sports Radio clearly <laughs> doesn't understand how the quarterback situation in New England has gone over the last, we'll say, What's it been, six or seven months since Brady left? Is mm-hmm, that right, mm-hmm. March, yeah. right? Yeah. They want to evaluate Jarrett Stidham on that one quarter and, what, five minutes that he played the other night? Like, come on. That game was over when he went into that game. Mm-hmm. Curtis, mm-hmm. Courtesy of Brian Hoyer. Courtesy of Brian Hoyer. <laughs> that kid came in, threw a dime of a pass to kill Harry for the touchdown, and they want to come out and say this kid blows. <laughs> I want to know what you guys think about that. I mean, I mean, Burge, I was I was on the podcast, uh, you know, earlier this year. I I was the one that was, I guess, naive to think, uh, and I'll own it. I'll take the L uh, that Jared Stidham was a hell, uh, ahead on just because of you know how long he was actually in the system with Bill Belichick. He had a leg up because he got drafted the year before. But even before then, last year in preseason, uh, especially against the, the Detroit Lions, yes, I know it's preseason, but 
he looked like he had a grasp of the offense. He was calling the right protections. He had a great deep ball. He didn't really miss that much. I think he had the most passing yards in preseason uh, last year at almost 700-something yards. Uh, so the guy can swing, uh, can sling it. I just – I'm with you. I don't think you can really evaluate uh, a quarter and change on, on, um, on Stid on the road in Arrowhead, uh, especially when, yeah, he did have – a brutal pick, uh, but one of them, I'm giving him a get-out-of-jail-free card pass because uh, Edelman decided to have stone hands and look up the field a little bit too early. But I'm with you. It's it's too soon to be writing the uh, the obituary for the backup quarterback position right now. And even if he did lay an egg, he, still, he was still better than Brian Hoyer. Like, Hoyer had no excuse in how he performed in the red zone last week. Jay, I know you're, you're, you're not a fan of either of these guys, but... Oh, absolutely not. Gun to your head. Like, if, God forbid, you know, Cam Newton comes out, he's healthy, uh, he, he gets back off the COVID list, and it's 2020, man, like, all bets are off. God forbid he gets hit low in the knee. I mean, you got you to gotta gun your head, man. Who do you want to be the, the backup quarterback? Julian Edelman. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now, Burge, now, Burge, listen, brother, man. I am a Patriots fan. Um, I am, you know, a diehard Patriots fan. And, you know, I, I, I think the bigger issue with Jared Stidham is, and I think you do have a point, I think it's something that is naive and uh, maybe mean-spirited if you're going to judge his whole career off of one and a half quarters or one, whatever whatever, whatever they're using as a metric, which is a really small number uh, amount of time. But I think the bigger issue here is, I was very disheartened when Brian Hoyer won the backup job in regards to Jared Stidham's future. I knew when Cam Noon walked in that door, a lot of people had this, um, there was this false narrative being pushed by a lot of people in the media that Jared Stidham could win that job. And I think that false narrative gave um, improper expectations to us Patriots fans. So when I saw that Brian Hoyer beat, you know, Jerry out for the second spot, I was actually crushed because I thought, I thought Jerry maybe two years down the road could be our guy, but everything that's pointing, all the information that we have so far, it's, it seems that if Jerry is not really um, what our expectations were of him, if that makes sense. Can, can I play devil's advocate here in terms of Brian Hoyer actually winning that job? Do you think there's an outside chance that Belichick has him on the sidelines strictly because he's been there longer, knows the system, and he's there more or less as a as a crutch for Cam Newton if something comes up? Well, then I can I can turn around to you and say, well, why did Cam Newton win out that job over Brian Hoyer? Because Cam Newton walked in in three days. I'm sorry, in three weeks, he showed you know elite talent and he progressed throughout that uh, learning curve. But, you know, Brian Hoare was there longer. So it all really comes down to talent as well. I mean, at the same time, I mean, Cam Newton is purely more talented than Brian Hoare was. We know, we know what Brian Hoare is. He's been here long enough. You know, we know what he is. He's a backup quarterback at best. Can't win in any games when he's in. What's he lost? Like his last 11 straight starts or something like that? It's not good. Yeah. So I think he's there as a crutch for McDaniels and Newton on the sidelines just because he's been in the system for a decade for I think he's mm-hmm. been in, you know, overall has been there for 10 years and his three stints. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. What do you think is the ceiling on, on Jared Stidham? In terms of like the, the coaching staff? Well, like let's say Jared Stidham was afforded the opportunity to start 
uh, for the Patriots next year. Let's say they surrounded him with talent. They provided proper coaching to him. Um, what do you think is the ceiling for him? Is it a uh, playoff winning quarterback? Is it a Super Bowl winning quarterback? What do you think Jared Stidham's ceiling is? I think he could be a playoff winning quarterback. I mean, you'd have to see more for him to be to label him a Super Bowl winning quarterback because, you know, there's only been, what, 53 of them, 54 of them so far, you know. I don't know. I that, that the jury's still out on that, but mm-hmm. I think he could with a with a full off season, a real off season of practice and OTAs and all that. I think he could be an, an NFL quarterback. Whether or not he leads the team to the playoffs, that's a whole other story. Yeah. Well, I, I think part of the issue in itself is also the day and age we live in, and the NFL day and age. Essentially, like you're expected to come in. As a rookie, like two or three games, mm-hmm. that you're expected to produce. I mean, you look like a Monday football last night. Justin Herbert is absolutely lighting it up. You yep. know, essentially, uh, Joe Burrow is starting from scratch. Sure, you know, Tua is not, but that's because there's issues with injuries. So I think the NFL day and age that we're in nowadays, like you don't get the luxury of sitting out for a year and a half, two years, soaking in the playbook and then playing. It's a different NFL than it was 20 mm-hmm. years ago when Tom Brady had that luxury. Right. And at the same time, though, too, I mean, we're you're comparing the 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 starting the starting line for Herbert, Joe Burrow to a to a, a fourth round pick out of Auburn. I mean, I think at, if he was a, a first or second round pick, you know, that I, I could buy that a little bit more. But I think if you're a fourth rounder, you know, the expectation is kind of built in that either you're going to be holding a clipboard or you're going to be a practice squad guy, or you might just be a camp casualty. Hmm. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, I got to uh, say, I was giddy about him playing this weekend. I was excited to see what he was made of on a full week. I mean, granted, they haven't practiced, but, you know, I was giddy to see him play a full game for this team to see what yeah. they could scheme up for him. Yeah, so I mean, so going forward, though, and I think this is a great segue into uh, the game that we're going to be watching on Sunday. It's going to be the, uh, the Patriots versus Denver Broncos. You know, there are rumblings out there that if Cam Newton does clear two negative COVID tests and there's five days of no symptoms, you know, he could essentially start for the Patriots. So I think I think there is an outside chance that, you know, Jarrett could start and we can see what he's made out of. But there's also a, a chance that, you know, Cam Newton can come back healthy. I'm ready to see him back and to move on with the season as to what the t- we saw the last four weeks. You know, with this COVID stuff that's been going on the last two weeks, it's been kind of disheartening. Yeah. What's your, what's your prediction for, for the game uh, on, on Sunday between the Patriots and the Broncos? You know, I like a low-scoring game. I mean, 24-17, close game, 24-17, 24-20. You know, I think the Patriots prevail. I mean, Drew Locke might be coming back is what, I, what I've been seeing. Yeah. Um, could bring a, you know, a wrinkle into it. But, you know, this Jets team, I mean, this uh, Broncos team almost lost to the Jets on Thursday Night Football. So <laughs> That's so true. There's, there's, there's no reason that the Patriots shouldn't beat them. And if the Patriots are as good as we think they are and as, you know, I, what I've seen the last, you know, Going toe to toe with the Chiefs, going toe to toe with the Seahawks, being a play away from winning that game, you know, I like to think that this team is a playoff team, if not a division-winning team, and a possibly could make noise in the playoffs. Yeah, listen, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think there's, I do believe that if Cam Newton was on the field Monday night, we would have had a, a a very very high chance of winning the game against the Chiefs. So I'm actually going to take the Patriots to win as well. I think it's going to be a little bit of a blowout. I do think Cam Newton's going to return after two uh, negative uh, COVID, COVID tests within 48 hours. That's the that's the standard, and I think we're going to probably roll like 31 to like 14. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you guys as well too. I have uh, I have New England rolling in this game, even even if Cam Newton isn't there. I, I still have a, a little bit of faith in Jared Stidham, and uh, you know the Drew Locke coming back. That's still a big if, and that was a shoulder injury. He he's one hit away from going back on the sideline and, and having Brett Rippin back there. Um, you know the the offense did come alive a little bit for Denver against the Jets, but. To- they they almost lost it to the New York Jets on Thursday Night Football. It it's just an absolute horror show. Philip Lindsay might be back, but um, I I think New England rolls in in this game, and I think it's going to be kind of a, a statement game because the McCourty brothers. I forget which one came out, but I mean he was he was uh, taking shots across the bow towards the players union and the NFL uh, yesterday about the COVID procedures and how they really don't care about us. So it, they might be having the, the, the FU narrative going into this game and just absolutely demolish this Broncos team. What's your guys' thoughts on that narrative or that report that was being pushed, uh, I think three or four days ago that if the league was going to force the Patriots to play this past Sunday, there was going to be some sort of strike action going on. Personally, I think that the reason this game got moved from Monday night to next Sunday is because the players mm-hmm. put their foot down uh-huh. and didn't want to play. For sure. Yeah. And I think the McCourty brothers are one of them is the the team rep for the New England Patriots with the Players Union. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it wasn't really a coincidence. It was less than two hours after that report came out that yeah. that game was moved. They were put on a bye week and that game was moved to this week. Uh, so I think it was more than just a little bit of smoke. Mm-hmm. Now, going forward, there's a lot of rumblings that, you know, there is a chance the NFL is going to add a, a 17th week to the season. Um, I'm sorry, week 18, essentially, to the season. Um, what's your guys' thoughts on that? And I think on my end, the way I see it, it it's something that's going to happen. You know, I thought it was going to happen tonight. I thought this Buffalo-Tennessee game wasn't going to happen. And if that was good, not, if this game was not going to happen tonight, then that was like the final straw um, for that extra week of play. And now I think going forward, we're going to see more outbreaks. We're going to see more people get tested. More stuff in the schedule needs to be aligned and moved around. Um, so I do expect an 18th week to happen. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, Bridge, you go first. All right. Well, I think it should have been done weeks ago, months ago. I think they should have built in some flexibility to the schedule so that we weren't dealing with this every week. You know, are they going to play? Are they going to not? Because, you know, obviously I'm a big fantasy football player. This plays into it big time. That's a whole nother topic. But um, no, I think I think it's coming. I think it's inevitable. I don't even think the like the Patriots should never have been forced to, to fly to Kansas City on Monday, play a game the same day when they had had a guy test positive three days before. So I think that those outbreaks are going to come. They're going to come. Probably more teams are going to be impacted. A lot more teams. I would say probably every team in the league is going to be impacted by the time we're all said and done. Is that For fair sure. to say? Oh, so yeah. I think, I think that it's inevitable. I mean, I don't understand what the NFL's rush is to try to jam this down everybody's throats when they could play the Super Bowl in May, for crying out loud, if they had to. Everybody's going to watch it. Oh, yeah. Everybody, every network, if they showed up, if they showed up to uh, CBS, NBC, and ESPN and said, hey, clear your schedules this week and this week, we're in here, those those television network companies, they're, they're going to jump in bed with the NFL on this plan because of the amount of ad revenue they're going to be able to get mm-hmm. from adding games into primetime. And not even just from that perspective, the, the rise in – 
in sports betting. And, you know, yeah, I'm coming at this from the lens of a sports better myself, but, but, you know, you have, you have all these, you have all these teams that the giants are now the, 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 the official sports book of the giants is DraftKings, and, and the Denver Broncos, I think it's FanDuel, and a couple other teams are, are signing on official sponsorships with these companies. And they even built in the CBA language of if you know betting becomes legal like or whatnot how much revenue is going to come from betting towards the salary cap uh if you want to legitimize sports betting across this country in all 50 states and at the end of the day this is a business and the nfl is going to want to make money you need to make sure that you have people betting in good faith Uh, just alone in future bets if they had to postpone games how much how many millions of dollars are these sports books going to be out if they have to refund all these bets like that is an insane amount of money that they're going to lose. And not to mention the fact that even if they forfeit games, that's going to be a bridge too far, because even if you forfeit a game, say this game didn't Buffalo Bills got a win for free. Well, it literally is for free because neither of these players get paid that that game check. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's quite a lot, man. And, and the NFL in itself. Listen, I know they say there's no flexibility built in, but, you know, they are open to adding a week 18 game. Like, I mean, I don't think the NFL can just come out and say, you know, we're not going to play these games, you know, as is. I just think it's the, it's what they got to say as a narrative. But there is, I do believe, flexibility built into the schedule. They already oh, yeah. have apparently dates, mm-hmm. apparently dates that they told the Tampa Bay, you know, sports commission down there where the Super Bowl is. That they need to obviously have open at the end of at the end of the month in February. So I do think there is some built-in flexibility. They just can't come out and say it. Oh yeah, I mean there's at least at, at least three weeks built in for every host city of uh, of uh, of the Super Bowl. And I mean you can look at the TV ratings from the NBA Finals, Major League Baseball playoffs, and the NFL. I mean NFL weeks, you know, two, three, and, and right now are generated more. Oh more ratings than an NBA finals game. And it probably didn't help that it wasn't that competitive of a finals game, but to, to Trump playoff playoff appearances on the ratings and the Nielsen scale, that's saying, that's saying the staying power of the NFL, especially in an election year right now. Well, there's think, also, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and think about this, like the Super Bowl is being played in Tampa this year. How much preparation does the city of Tampa need to get ready for a Super Bowl this year? They're not going to be bringing in hundreds of thousands of people to the Super Bowl this year. I know it's Florida, man. Yeah, yeah that's, know, Florida that's a good point. That's a good Florida. point. The, the governor literally the just opened up everything. If the Dolphins, Jaguars, and, and Bucks wanted to have full capacity fans at the stadiums this weekend, they are within their legal right to do so. Sadly, yeah. just just give it a few months. Sadly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a few months. exactly. Well, yep. I, I, I think with just how aggressive Florida is in opening, I, I'll go out there and say I'm expecting a 80 percent um, capacity or more for the Super Bowl at, at, uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. But, yeah, you know, it is, Flor- it is Florida. Like I mean, it dude, Florida. for God's sake, uh, the, the coach of the Florida Gators was you know essentially saying on live television he wants a packed swamp the swamp holds ninety thousand fucking people you kidding me well everything is the embodiment of florida man okay (laughs) that's really it like we had that thursday night with with tom brady kind of losing track time having a senior moment 
you know, Florida man loses his place. Like that's <laughs> that's what it was, man. <laughs> the, the amount of hate coming from this motherfucker. All right, Jay, amount of hate. The guy forgot what down it was. Like, I actually, t- I actually thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I, I did think it was hilarious, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was hilarious too. Buccaneers minus three and a half. Yeah, I thought it was friggin' hilarious that he forgot what fucking down it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right, let's move on to some other games uh, on the week six slate. Let's start with the, the Cleveland Browns that are four and one for the first time since 1994, traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Who are also yeah, four and zero. Fun fact: Who was on that coaching staff when they went four and one that year? Uh, that, that's an Belichick, easy choice. Belichick and uh, Nick Saban. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the only, the real question I have for this game is: Are we or are we not going to see Miles Garrett swing his helmet at somebody again? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say plus. I'll, I'll give it one and plus a half. fifteen hundred that he hits somebody with the helmet. Over or under one and a half. <laughs> I'm not touching that with your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Here, here's here's the interesting uh, interesting thing about this game for me. I, I'm a little bit torn on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I really don't know if they are good now. They've played great football. We've all seen that. Unfortunately, the two teams that have played the shittiest competition so far has been the, the has been the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams are four and one, all four wins against NFC East teams. So I really don't know. I mean, going into this game on Sunday, the Steelers won over the Eagles. There were their competition was a combined zero and nine. So uh, I still have a lot uh, unanswered questions about Pittsburgh. I do like their defense, Bud Dupree and, you know, mm-hmm. Watt, and those boys are absolute animals, and I think they're going to be able to shut down the run game for the Cleveland Browns. It's going to come down to Baker Mayfield making some throws um, to, you know, his receivers, both in OBJ and Jarvis Landry. That's going to break the game wide open. So I do believe the running game is not going to be effective for the Browns. I am going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers to win here, probably 31-24. Huh. All right. Um... Man, this is good. I, I, I'm looking at the, the sports book right now, and the Steelers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, I mean, I'm taking I'm taking the Browns to to win this game. I just I like what they've done so far throughout the, the stretch of games. Uh, yeah, yes, the they struggled a bit against the, um, the the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night, but I mean they they hit Dallas with the with a, a fucking two by four. Granted, Dallas can't stop a runny nose, but it seems like. <laughs> This offense was finally in, in able to get in sync and harmony and get a good rhythm to it. And I mean, I think really the only thing that was holding this team back last year was uh, Freddie Kitchens. I mean, even if Kevin Stefanski is just a disciple of Gary Kubiak and that's, you know, run the football a bunch of times and then maybe air it out on play action, I mean, he is light years ahead of where this offense was with Freddie Kitchens last year. They got David Njoku back last week. He, they activated him off of IR. Um, I wouldn't be that surprised if they started getting a dynamic, especially against this defense for the Steelers, if maybe they line up Kareem Hunt a little bit more outside and they have that backup uh, fill in the role for Nick Chubb, uh, Ernest Johnson uh, in the backfield. Because we saw in that Dallas game, he was able to tote the rock and be a complimentary piece to, uh, to Kareem Hunt. We didn't see it that much last week, but the game script, but I, uh, I like, I like Cleveland to roll and I think it could be a shootout. The, uh, the over under the over under in this game is at 51. I think it could actually go over just because mm-hmm. of 
the, the offense for the Steelers. Chase Claypool, man, he looked he looked like a man amongst boys out of the 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 second was he a second round draft pick out of Notre Dame, yep. dude absolutely mashed last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think he could get a repeat performance along with Juju. How how is it the Steelers always draft and develop good wide receivers? I don't know, but New England should find out who their scout uh, is. I wish they would. Oh, yep. my God. I mean, it's not just Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson is up and emerging, right? Mm-hmm. And all the other, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is an afterthought at this point with Chase Claypool and how well he's playing. Like, I just don't understand. I think part of it has to probably come down to Scheme and Big Ben himself because yeah. he seems to be the common denominator in all of this. But, my God, like, I, I'm just astonished that these guys can just draft, you know, Hall of Fame-worthy wide receivers. <laughs> and they wanted to line Chase Claypool up at tight end. <laughs> Yeah. Remember yeah. that narrative in, in, in the draft? Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, we're going to put him at tight end. It's like, no, he's yeah. like, you know, Megatron. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, mean, listen, I wanted the Patriots big, to draft him so bad. I wanted the Patriots to draft him, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll agree to that. I'm, I'm, instead, we're stuck with fucking some douche out of Virginia Tech and some douche out of fucking UCLA that are not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Birch, who, who's your dog in this fight? Who do you got in Browns uh, Steelers? I think I, I have it like you. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. I mean, the two offenses have been on fire this year. Yeah, I, like you said, you brought up Chase Claypool had a coming out party last week. I like it 31-28. I like it close. And I'm going to go Pittsburgh here, but I think it could very well go the other way. And if the Browns can pull this off, I'll be a believer in them this, you know, going forward this year. Yeah. Quick note on that on the Browns Indianapolis game. I was watching that game, and it became very evident to me that Indianapolis is a good team, and I do believe Philip Rivers is holding them back. Um, I think there's four old quarterbacks left in the NFL, Tom Brady, Big Ben, uh, Drew Brees, and Philip Rivers. Two can play, two cannot anymore. And those two that can't play are Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. Um, I still think you can win with Big Ben and, and, um, and Tom Brady. Oh, for sure. I, I'll get to uh, a, a psycho conspiracy theory uh, for for the Indianapolis Colts at the end of the podcast. But oh, no. you don't want to drop on us right now? I mean, I, <laughs> you know what? I'll say it right now. Okay. So oh, okay, Burge, get ready. This is one of those patented throw something crazy against the wall for two months to fix the conspiracy. Here theory. we here we go. I don't know. Okay, so recently this week we've had you know the uh, the. I guess the strife of the young quarterback in the NFL, and that being Sam Darnold and Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins got benched. He got relegated to the third string quarterback. He's going to be, a, he is on the trading block, according to, to sources mm-hmm. around the league. Uh, Jason Lockenfora reported that first thing Sunday morning. And Sam Darnold, it is expected that the Jets are going to shop Darnold if they end up with the number one overall draft pick this year. Because wow. everyone knows, everyone knows that they're going to, whoever the number one team is, is going to take. Uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence. He, if you don't take him, you should turn in your general manager card, and that might be Dave Gettleman uh, on draft <laughs> day. But I mean, if you look at it this way, Frank Reich got the best out of Carson Wentz in that Super Bowl run in 2017. He had an MVP like uh. performance going into that Rams game, blew his knee out, and he hasn't really been the same since Frank Reich left. And I honestly think that. If the season was to end right now, the Indianapolis Colts would be on the outside looking in of the NFL draft where, you know, they're they're picking towards the back half, but just outside of the wild card teams. If the if the draft was to be today, if you're Joe Douglas for the New York Jets, 
are you really going to turn down the 13th overall pick to go with your your first to get Trevor Lawrence and maybe a couple a second and a third to to ship off Sam Darnold? I, I think they would cut that deal in a cocaine heartbeat, and I would love to see what Sam Darnold behind a light years better offensive line, way more offensive weapons, and an offensive head coach that you can look at Frank Reich and understand what his offensive approach and scheme is. I would love to see that kid get cultivated by a guy like Frank Reich. So what you're I saying is you, you're expecting Sam Darnold to be traded to the Indianapolis Colts. He, if he's on the trade market, and listen, I love me some Phillip Rivers. The guy is the man. He is a legend in trash talking. He is a fringe Hall of Famer and a legend in a very weak pullout game. But he cannot... <laughs> He cannot feel the position of a quarterback anymore. I mean, some of those some of those interceptions are just brutal and backbreaking, and they were like that during his time in, in Los Angeles and San Diego. And I think if if you're going to get anything out of this team, Andrew Luck is not walking through that door. It seems like he's happily retired, and I don't think really Jacoby Brissett's going to secure that job again. Uh, you know, next year he might start finish out the rest of the year, depending on how. The, the Colts do this uh, the, down the stretch, but no, I think you have to start planning for the future. And if that means giving up a, a, a late first round pick to get your guy and Sam Darnold, then yeah, I would, I would cut that deal in a heartbeat. Okay. I mean, uh, Am I nuts or, or what? That's, well, I mean, that's not as bad as some of the stuff I heard you say. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. The, the Jets have ruined Sam Darnold through his first couple of years in the league. Oh man, he almost got. He's about to be David Card. Yeah. You know? Like him yeah, and yeah. him and fucking what's his nuts? Uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's about to be David Card if they don't fix that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen I, I'm not the I'm not gonna bash Sam Darnold here and defend the Jets at all because obviously Jets are a trash organization. But I really wasn't high on Sam Darnold coming out of the draft either. I thought he turned the ball way way too much. He turned the ball way too much in college at USC. I think he had issues with accuracy. You're seeing some of that stuff play out in the NFL as well. Like I said, not taking away, you know, the default of the Jets here, but I think it's a problem both ends. I just think he's better than what, what the Jets have shown out of him the last couple yeah. of years. I think there's a lot more promise there and give him the right coaching staff. He can he's got a he'll have a good chance to succeed in the league as a I starting mean, we quarterback. Saw flashes. We saw flashes against Dallas last year. Like he looked the part and he has he has worse weapons now than he did his rookie year. How about his Adam Gase? Like everything about that guy is his coaching, his mannerisms, his face, all of it's just bad. I don't know how he didn't get fired before Dan Quinn. I don't know how he got fired before Bill O'Brien. He didn't yeah, get like I don't know how he got a job again in the AFC East once I know. he tanked with the Dolphins. Like I don't get it. You know what? You know what? Here it is. In an alternate time reality, the Johnson and Johnson brothers, they tested the COVID vaccine to see if there was any issues and it clearly mentally handicapped them and they were cross-eyed <laughs> and ruined and they picked Adam Gase to be their fucking head coach. That's the only thing I can think of. Like they faced him two times every year for three fucking years when he was in Miami. Like what? I don't, I still don't get how they talked themselves into signing Adam Gase as their head coach. Well, was they, it- they might as well have brought that like, brought like can Cameron in or Freddie Kitchens to take that <laughs> job. 
or hell, f- fire and then unfire Todd Bowles. Like, I, I don't know. Th- those moves would have been better than this guy that's looking at the play card, just waiting for it to pop up and, and just speak to him. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Bring back I, Rex Ryan. Yeah, bring right. back the foot fetish. At least they went to the playoffs. Yeah, we forget that Rex Ryan took the Jets to back-to-back AFC Championship games. But, Brennan, was it the Jets? Yeah, right. Was it, was it the Jets or was it the Dolphins that got a call from Peyton Manning and gave a ringing endorsement to Adam Gates to be hired for that job? And that was ultimately the decision. Um, that was like the final thing that, that organization needed to hire Adam Gates. Was it Jets or Dolphins that did that? Both. It was both teams. Oh, my God. It was both teams. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, nope. I, I, nope. Just all you need is one call from the guy selling insurance to talk you in. <laughs> what what fucking... is it with the Mannings? Like, why is it like everybody loves to fucking suck all the Mannings, like, dick? Like, I am so over Eli Payne, <laughs> Manning, all these fucking clowns. The fucking Giants drafted Danny Pennings because he apparently worked in the same circles with the quarterback coach that coached Eli Manning at Tom Brady. I, I'm sorry, Payne Manning. Like, I am so sick and tired of the fucking Mannings. I hate all of them. <laughs> It's a little strong. Oh, trust me, as a Patriots fan, every single time I say Eli Manning's face, I, I just wish somebody would run it over. Uh, Eli, yes. Peyton, no. I, I respect Peyton Manning. I hated playing against him, but he was a freaking quarterback. Yeah, but every single time we turn around, he has this fucking stupid nasally voice on a commercial selling you some fucking shit product. I'm just tired of all of them. Go away. At this point, So yes. you're not going to buy Nationwide anytime soon. I'm going to purposely not buy Nationwide at this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Aren't you in, aren't you in Ohio? Is That's been pretty big there, isn't it? Aren't you oh, from Nationwide? there? Yeah. Yeah, Nationwide is, yeah, headquartered in Columbus, Ohio. But but uh, I go with State Farm. That's where it's at for me. <laughs> hey, with Aaron, Mahomes and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Just <laughs> count uh, double check. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, let's talk about the Green Bay Packers traveling down to Tampa Bay to play uh, the GOAT, uh, the Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me back up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Let me turn it over to you, Brandon, because oh, I want you to get all the hate out of the way first so then me and Bush can gush about Tom Brady real quick. Go ahead uh, and let's hear the hate. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. 2020, when you're when you're talking facts, is is turned into, into hate. Uh, alternative facts, right? Uh, in the words of Kellyanne Conway. Okay. So I think Tom Brady is going to be coming out firing at all cylinders, and this offensive line is going to get its head out of its ass because uh, they got quite the tongue lashing going to the sideline at the end of the Bears game last week. Um, but, I mean, I think you're going to be getting Chris Godwin back, hopefully. Leonard Fournette was at practice this week. Um, I think Mike Evans was a full participant. Scotty Miller was a full participant in practice today. So it seems like the band is going to be back together for Tom Brady this week. This defense for Tampa Bay, uh, according to ESPN stats, is the second overall defense uh, in the NFL right now. And it totally looks that way. Despite this team, uh, that defensive side of the football being young, Todd Bowles is is pushing all the right buttons. Um, I think this is going to be the real true test that the Green Bay Packers have had on the offensive side of the football because some of those defenses they were playing, they were kind of layups. Like the Saints did not – really show up and um, it, it probably helped that Taysom Hill uh, was a liability, of course, in the backfield. But I think this is going to be the real litmus test for this offense. And we'll hopefully see Devontae Adams back uh, from a hamstring pull. But can we just talk about, you know, baby Kittle and, and Robert Tanyan uh, at the tight end position? Do, do, do you guys think that he's 
going to be a thing moving forward, or is that just a flash in the pan, two week, uh, two week uh, window dressing uh, that we saw because Devonte Adams was out? I'm gonna say he's a flash in the pan because I don't even know who that is. That's the first time I've heard that name. <laughs> Robert Tanya's a tight end. I no, I'm sorry, I, I haven't paid attention to that. What's going on? Give me the give me the rundown. Is he tearing it up? He had a he, he had a beast of a week last week. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it, he has like what like five touchdowns over two weeks. Three of them was against the Falcons. Yep. Let me Google this clown. Uh, Birds, uh, I mean, you seem to be a little bit more in touch than my co-host here. Uh, well, I, last week, all right? Come on. Hey, I'm I'm googling just like him, so we're all good. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I am a complete seller on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Thank I you. I am all. I I think the Packers are going to win this, and then it may not be easy, but I think it's going to be you know, 30, uh, 35, 24, something like that, because, you know, I don't think Brady's gonna, gonna go anywhere with this team. The team down there with Bruce Arians as the head coach that you saw it last week, very undisciplined. You got Brady screaming out the offensive linemen. And then at the end of the game, we all know what happened with, with Tommy forgetting how many downs he had, but I am, I am, I am all Packers this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you too. Packers are Packers are two point favorites. It's a 54 total. I think the over is gonna gonna mash, and I think the the Packers are gonna win outright. Now, I hate to agree with you guys, but but in reality, and if we put everything aside, now let's be really here for a second. I do think the Packers are gonna win this game, and let's let's get the big elephant out of the room first. Yes, Tom Brady had a gaffe for the first time in his 20 year Hall of Fame illustrious career. He had a bad moment. I understand that. But I think it's if we're just looking at that last play, now looking at the whole game in its entirety, I think we're doing a disservice to everybody involved here. I truly do believe that B.A. is a bad football coach. I do believe B.A. hasn't won a, a, a Super Bowl just because of how undisciplined he is. If you allow your team to give up 101 yards and you look mm-hmm. absolutely incompetent and your penalties are are off the fucking charts with 11 in total, then you are a bad football coach. And that's what I think Brady is showing you with his frustration and his emotions. He comes from a spot in New England where the discipline it, it, discipline is something that's ingrained in every single player, right? You don't beat yourself. You don't make mental mistakes. There are weeks at a time where the Patriots don't have any penalties. So when Tom Brady goes down south and he has this high expectation of how he wants the team to be run and he's not seeing that and B.A. is a fucking clown show, whether he's mouthing off in the media or he's obviously, you know, not uh, coaching his players up properly, I do think Tom Brady's in a bad spot because he is not going to get the amount of, you know, um, discipline that he needs out of those players and out of the coaching staff. So I will go with the Packers here 23-20, but I think I'm starting to see it for what it is. And I think I circle this game as a contender or pretender game for the Buccaneers. But if they have another bad showing, and let's be real, in regards to numbers on Thursday night between the Buccaneers and the Bears, Tom Brady had a better QBR than Nick Foles. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Tom Brady had a 54, a 57 QBR and, you know, um, Nick Foles had a 47 QBR. It simply came down to the fact that the penalties were just outrageous. And I think that points directly at the coaching staff. Let's not forget how inept Nick Foles looked early on. Oh, God. Missing, missing that receiver. Brutal. I forget the guy's name, but he missed that guy. He was he had three steps on the defensive back, and he just completely flat out underthrew him and missed him. Underthrew him and threw it to the right by probably five yards. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Um, but but the guys on the telecast did make a point that hey, maybe the receiver ran the wrong uh, ran the wrong route. And usually in in those times, I do give the quarterback the benefit of the doubt because nobody misses people that wide open in the NFL. I don't know, Bisky does. Unless you're Tim Tebow, <laughs> so listen, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's not a good look for Nick Foles either, man. Jay, Jay, let me ask you this: Are you rooting for Tom Brady this year? I am. I am so hardcore rooting for Tom Brady, man. Because I, I do believe, as much as a Patriots fan I am, and as much as, you know, in Bill we trust, I, I do believe that Tom Brady was run out of town. Um, I do believe Belichick made it impossible for him to stay. At the end of the day, it was Tom Brady's decision, decision to go, but nobody said, hey, why don't you stay? It was more of a quiet, why don't you just leave and we'll, we'll figure this thing out. So I, I, I'm rooting for the Patriots first and foremost, but if Tom Brady is not playing the Patriots, I'm rooting for Tom Brady. See, oh, see I, I have a hard time doing that. that. Talk I have a hard it. time doing that. Talk about it. Just how, just how, just how Tom carried himself here last year. All right. Look, think back to last year when the team was seven and zero, eight and zero, and listening to him talk during the press conferences, acting like, yeah. like the like the sky was falling. Like you could tell yeah. last year, this guy didn't want to be uh, here. But didn't, but didn't the sky fall after? Uh, we made it past week eight. We went four and four, and he knew early on the level of play and the level of talent on the field wasn't going to carry them to a Super Bowl. Well, see, I think I think before the season here, he was checked out. He was gone at the oh, end of the was. year. Oh, he absolutely was. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, when somebody tells you they don't want you there, how are you going to feel, right? I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's well fair. That's fair. I would. I you know. I was ready to go 0 and 16 with him if, with him to finish his career in New England. I would have. I would. I, I wouldn't have even cared about anything. that. Uh, trust me, Burge, I'm right there with you, man. I wanted him to be finish as a New England Patriot quarterback. I wanted him to walk off in the sunset. I wanted a statue the next day that he was retired from the Patriots. But unfortunately, the guy still wanted to play, and the Patriots did not want him to play anymore. And furthermore, what, what pisses me off me even more now, especially this past weekend, and how bad Jimmy Garoppolo looked, and how Kyle Shanahan is going to go ahead and write the book on uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the next few weeks as well. I cannot believe that Bill Belichick wanted to move off of Tom Brady for that quarterback that we saw on the field on Sunday. See, I'm, I'm of the mindset where, yes, I wanted to go 0-16 with Tom, but the time for the split had come. It needed to happen for both for both Tom and the Patriots. You could see it with how Bill is playing with Cam Newton right now, and you could see how Tom was having is having some success down in, you know, at least personal success down in Tampa. But I have a hard time. It, it, it kills me to root for him down in in Tampa Bay. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of rooting against the the Buccaneers as a team. I want them to miss the playoffs, but I want Tom Brady to have a good statistical season, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and he will. Listen, at the end of the day, he doesn't look absolutely inept. I mean, he's he's, yeah. he's launching the ball downfield. His, his arm still looks good. We have a guy in the NFC South that can't throw the ball downfield, and you can see it. Unlike yep. Drew Brees, Tom Brady is pushing the ball down the field. It's just the, the rest of the bullshit that comes with the B.A. fucking coach team that is so undisciplined. It's going to drive him up a wall, man. Hey, he's learning. He, I think Tom Tom is learning quickly that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, I understand that, but what did you want him to do? Did you want him to just retire if the Patriots didn't want him? No, no, absolutely not. But, you know, I mean, I, I get they didn't have a conversation with the contract. That didn't actually come up. But the fact that he was checked out before even this season when they were supposed to talk about an extension, mm-hmm. just I, yeah. you, you just knew, you knew, you knew he was gone. 
Yeah, but, you know, but like I said, can you blame him when somebody tells you, in, when you're in a relationship and you're trying to end it, and, and the chick comes up to you and says, listen, I don't want to be in this relationship. What can you do at that point? You can't force it for the next I mean, like, five years. And, you, know, uh, you can watch Johnny Day Fiance. They force it all the time. Yeah, I mean, this is, this 20 is years. This TV show, you know? <laughs> you know, all good things come to an end. Could you imagine working for the same employer for 20 years and not having having that kind of relationship with your boss? I can. I mean, there's some pretty shitty corporations out there, man. They're cutting a heartbeat. <laughs> am I right? Am I wrong? I, I mean, if, no, they, if they if they can if they can if they can benefit from you leaving, and you know, it's just another you know dot on the spreadsheet. Then yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, I just I I think it was time for them to split up for both of their sakes, both both for the Patriots franchise to move forward and for Tom to move forward playing. You know, he needed to go somewhere where he was going to be be the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, where people yeah. are going to listen to him and he doesn't have to, you know, toe the line of the Patriot way with Bill. This was Bill. This has been Bill's thing for 20 years. And mm-hmm. it's going to be Bill's thing probably for the next five or six years is my guess. Yeah. Well, and, and this is a bigger conversation for another day. But I'm yep. in the mindset that, you know, before Bill Belichick, before Tom Brady, Bill Belichick was a sub under 500 coach. Yep. He had plenty of opportunities, not just for one or two years, but for like six years. He was unfortunately an under 500 coach. I do believe Tom Brady was what made Bill Belichick the Hall of Fame coach that he is. And I do believe Bill Belichick is what made Tom Brady into the Hall of Fame quarterback that he is. I think both of them are a, are a package deal. Now, moving yep. forward, and, and, I, and this is where me, I, my philosophy uh, is that the players are always going to have more weight on their shoulders and more control of the game because they're executing the game plan on the field. I understand the coaching has a massive, you know, uh, the coaching is big in the NFL, but at the end of the day, 75% of what, what the outcome of a game is is how the execution on the field is with the players. So I do believe going forward, Bill Belichick will be a, a coach that can get his team to the playoffs. I do think he'll win division titles, but I don't think he'll ever have a quarterback that can take him over the hump into a Super Bowl realm and be, and be great, you know? So, so to wrap up the conversation, who would you rather have in New England right now, Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? To this year? Right now? This right year, uh, that's that's a tough question, man. I gotta go, that's Bill. A tough question. That's. I'm 100 percent with Bill I mean, Belichick. Listen, I, I think I think it has to be Bill Belichick because at the end of the day, you know, the longevity of of what's left of Tom Brady's career and what what Bill Belichick can give you, that's just that's just the way players and coaches are are different. But I, I don't think Bill Belichick is going to be able to have Super Bowl success. With a, a Jared Stidham or a Cam Newton or a Brian Hoyer or whoever he drafts, you know, essentially to come in and sit behind, you know, whoever it is to learn for a couple of years. I don't think Bill Butch is going to reach in the Super Bowl. So hot and take. That sucks for me to say. Oh. San Francisco cuts Jimmy Garoppolo. To oh, come back he's to going back. Next year. Oh, he's oh going God. back. <laughs> why? Why? Where is this love affair for Jimmy Garoppolo coming from? Like, I'm I, just asking. I'm not. I'm not this. saying. I, I'm not saying I feel either oh, way about it. Happens, I'm asking you. If that happens, I would be more pissed. <laughs> I would have Brian Stor- Brian Horace starting over Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how much I hate Jimmy Garoppolo and who he is and what he stands for. I, I truly believe that. I, I'm not right. I would just him. Fuck it. Throw him out there and see what he can do over Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, two things uh, before we move off of this, but do you think they get an extension done with Cam? No, Oof. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think they do either. I, don't think no, I, I would like them to, but I don't. I, yeah. It depends what Cam what Cam comes to the negotiating table with. They they have a ton of cap space next year, so and well, they can hit them with the franchise tag. I think too. They can. They can, and it, if anything, well, they'll end up trading them. 
Yeah. Well, I think I think it comes down to what Cam wants. If Cam wants to win, then he's going to take a pay cut and stay in New England. But if he wants his money, and that's what it seems like he's here to do, he's on a business trip, he hasn't even moved his family up to Boston yet. You know what I'm saying? I do think he's here to make his money down the road. So I don't think he's going to be able to work out a deal with Bill Belichick. See, right. to counter that real quick before we move on, the Cam, have you listened to Cam Newton talk? During all of his press conferences and all of his media, you know, I, I you don't know. buy it. I don't buy it. Fair enough. That's the hieroglyphic Instagram post of "I'm not here for money." Yeah, no, well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's he's saying all the right things. Trust me, I get it, Burge. I listen to everything he says, where he wants to respect. It's not about the money. He's he's about something more now. I don't buy it. I, I don't buy it until I see him actually sign a a contract below market value and stay with the Patriots to win. Market value twenty million, twenty five million. Oof. That's, I, I mean, listen. Franchise uh, tag's gonna be thirty-seven. Yeah, his, yeah. I'd rather have him franchise tag at that point, and make thirty-seven, right? If I'm Cam Newton, like, why would I sign a twenty million dollar contract when I can probably go get that somewhere else easily in a thirty million dollar range? If Cam Newton keeps up his production, if he's healthy throughout the end of the year and he looks as good as he did the first couple of weeks that he's played with the Patriots, he's gonna get thirty, thirty-two, thirty-three million dollars from somebody else. Very possible. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think before, to pay that much money. before we get to the game, another game preview, my uh, hot take for Tom Brady yelling on the sideline. I think one day he's going to yell at Mike Evans and Mike Evans is going to crack him right across the jaw. That's that's <laughs> that's my prediction right there is Mike Evans does not take shit off of nobody. He has yeah. no problem throwing hands. He's done that to Marshawn Lattimore and he looked like he was ready to fight half the Chicago Bears last week. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, Tom Brady's uh, one step away from getting that avocado ice cream slapped out of his hand. <laughs> if you better make sure you're super pliable that day. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Sunday night football game between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I touched on the Rams. I touched on the Rams earlier this uh, in the A block. We were talking about how I'm not really sold on them because yes, they are four and one, and they've looked good in spades. Unfortunately, those four wins have come against the NFC East. Like, I mean, whoever the scheduling guru was, was probably a Rams fan to give him the first four games of the season, essentially being against the NFC East team. So I do think the Rams, there's still a little bit of a toss-up for me into how good they can be. And on the other side, the San Francisco 49ers. I think what's happening in, in, uh, in, in 49er land is interesting. I think Kyle Shanahan is... Um, let me be let me be objective here, okay? I think Kyle Shanahan is uh, is fine is trying to find a way out of underneath of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Um, he essentially benched Jimmy Garoppolo because he looked horrendous against the Miami Dolphins in the first half this past Sunday. I mean, just some of the throws that he was making was just. It's not just the fact that he had bad mechanics that was was a little bit of an issue. It's the fact that he was making decisions, like throwing into, I don't know, what was it, double coverage on the He looked like Philip Rivers out there. Let's just be <laughs> honest. I mean, he th- Jay, one of those picks, I think I know what one you're talking about. Yeah, he threw I think it might have been the second two. pick. Yeah, he overthrew he the guy, two. and he threw it right at the cornerback. Well, the one I'm talking about, he threw into, into cover two, and he threw on the inside shoulder. I mean, like, first of all, don't throw into cover two, and then on the inside shoulder, get the fuck out of here. Like, how, how are you, as a 29-year-old quarterback, that's learned as much as possible you know, for the past five years in the NFL, still making those mental errors? Like, if you're at 29 making that mistake, you're not going to get any better. It is who you are who you are, right? Um, so I do think that Kyle Shanahan is trying to find a way out underneath the Jimmy Garoppolo. There's reports out that Kyle Shanahan kind of lost some 
some faith in his uh, decision-making process when he saw those pictures of him uh, with that porn star out in, in Beverly Hills. Now, that's <laughs> something that we can <laughs> – I don't think that – I don't know how much I want to believe that report, but, you know, it would line up with the narrative and what we're seeing on the field. I mean, you saw – Wait, some wait, wait, like, wait a minute. You're going you're gonna to juxtapose his decision-making on what porn star he went out with <laughs> with what he did against cover two? Oh, yeah, my God. Will, all right. Will, all right, Mr. Objective. The Walter Cronkite – of the uh, of the pro football radio podcast, because I I truly believe Jimmy Garoppolo is a trash quarterback on some good teams. Of course, you're gonna look great when you hand the ball off 90 percent of the time, and you have a running attack that can get you 350 yards. I mean, we saw it last year in the playoffs. The guy threw seven passes, and everybody pretended like he was God. The guy is trash. I'm done with him. Hopefully, he gets benched, and we never see him in the NFL again. Wow. So I'm taking the I'm taking the Rams to win big here. <laughs> no, no, I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to take the 49ers to cover. I thought you were going to take the 49ers to cover, Jay. I thought that was going to be your first bet at the at the New Jersey rest stop. Uh, yeah. All right, how do you follow up that storm in a uh, review? On top of that, Brandon, the guy can't stay healthy. He started one and a half game for New England when Tom Brady was suspended, and he got hurt. He's hurt. He got hurt this year. There's been plenty of times where he's been hurt throughout his career where, you know, the, the narrative on him is that he's a little bit on the frill, the frill side. Mm-hmm. All, he does, all he does is win, though. This is true. Yeah. When when you have a rag out for 350 <laughs> yards, of course you're going to win. Frank out. <laughs> um, man, how do you follow up that firestorm? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to. I'm going to keep it short. I got the Rams winning this game. Uh, I don't really see this as a a, a high scoring one. Uh, Vegas has this as a 51 total. Uh, yeah. I, I, unless the Rams are going to run the score up, I, I just don't see it going over 51. I, I really want to see the matchup though of Aaron Donald uh, versus Trent Williams. I think that might be must see TV uh, on Sunday night. But I mean, really, once you get past. Uh, George Kittle. I mean, Debo Samuel came back. He, he really didn't do a whole lot. Brandon Ayuk is still a rookie in this system. Uh, he's still getting his feet underneath him. And the secondary man. I mean, is is Richard Sherman even back yet? Like, is he is he off of IR yet, or or, or is he still on well, there? I think he's off IR. I think I saw him playing there, there, or maybe somebody else had some long hair. But I'm pretty sure I saw him out there on on Sunday. All right. Well, either way, like this secondary is not that daunting of a task. And, uh, you know, you have Tyler Higby, who is a top 15 tight end in the league. Uh, you have three you know, wide receivers in uh, Van Jefferson, who could be a potential breakout candidate down the road. Uh, Cooper Cup and, uh, and Robert Woods. Um, yeah. And Jared Goff. Jared Goff looks like, you know, the Jared Goff of uh, two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. It seems like this offense has really gotten back to basics. Uh, you kind of have, have a three-headed committee with Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown, which for fantasy purposes is going to make you want to hit your head with a fucking tack hammer. But in reality football, uh, this is a great committee that's getting the ball down the field and running in between the tackles. Um, I'm, I'm taking the Rams in this game. Uh, yeah, that's that's really it. I can't follow up Jay's fire and yeah. brimstone. Brent, any, <laughs> any, con- any concern for you for the fact that they've won four games against the NFC East, or is that something that you're not putting much stock into? I'm not putting much stock in it, at least this week, because this defensive line, it's without Nick Bosa, and they clearly miss Bosa on the offensive line. I mean, Javon Kinlaw is an emerging rookie, but he, he can have – you know, undisciplined moments at times and, and, and cost, you know, costly penalties for the team. Um, and I, I really just think that with how this offense is rolling uh, lately, even with the competition, 
competition, I, I think that Sean McVay is going to be able to to scheme up Cooper Cup to be open, uh, you know, underneath and, and just go to town like that. And with Tyler Higby and, and Van Jefferson, yeah, I'm I'm not that worried this week against this defense. Now, see it, now before I lost my shit, I'm sorry, bro, not to cut you off there again. No, you're good, you're good. What's what's happening with the whole quarterback situation out there? Are they gonna go with TJ better this week, or is it gonna be Garoppolo? I mean, it, I haven't seen any reports that he didn't get the number one reps or that they were splitting reps. I'm I'm expecting Garoppolo to start this game, but I am not expecting the leash to be that long. Um, it might not even take a pick. It might take a drop interception or just a blown a blown throw on a route. And he, I wouldn't be surprised if the hook came out like on the Apollo stage in the sand. Okay, cool. All right, bro. The floor is yours, man. Sorry about that. No, you're good. You're good. I see. I, I'm with, I'm with you guys. I like the Rams here, 24-13. Um, I like what the uh, the Rams offense has been doing. I like you know Daryl Henderson has looked good back there, running the ball, and then obviously you have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in there doing their thing. The 49ers are decimated by injuries, and of course the whole Garoppolo situation, as we just heard. I don't know what's gonna ha- I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't know what's gonna happen there. I mean, I mean, Beathard came in, didn't do much better. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But then again, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't get the first uh, first team reps, and he wasn't prepared to play the game. Make the same argument about Stidham, but that's another. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree no. with you. You can't. You can't no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And uh, Richard Sherman, I did see. I did just look up. He is. He is still out. Um, I don't think he's even off injured reserve yet. Oh, wow. So, I mean, much the, more seriously than we think it was. The the injuries there, I mean, I think San Francisco is, is in a buttload of trouble. Yeah. Dude, God. crazy thing is, man, those guys might end up last in that division. Uh, let that sink in for a second. These guys were the NFC champions in Super Bowl last year, and that division is so tough and so competitive, they might be finished, finishing behind the Cardinals. They should have they won that Super Bowl last year, too. Hey, if Jimmy Grappa could hit up a hit up on a wide open with yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders was trailing down the field, you know, seven yards yep. in front of the defender. That's the that's Super Bowl win right there, man. I was an angry man watching that Super Bowl last year. <laughs> Just run the ball a little bit more. Just run the ball. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Monday night uh, game one of two: uh, Buffalo versus Kansas City. We yes. are lucky enough. To get two games, two good games, I think, in my mind, uh, with the storylines in both games. Um, in regards to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think for me, I was blown away at the fact that Raiders beat the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, it was a 40 32 win. Raiders went into Arrowhead. Um, you know, Derek Carr played out of his mind. Three touchdowns. Was that was um, that really Derek Carr, or was that somebody that kidnapped him and moonlighted as Derek Carr? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what got into him, but he was. Dude, like, he was throwing bombs. He was throwing bombs, right? Well, I think him and Ruggs are finally getting on the same page. I think that's what's happening here. Um, and and I think the funny part is, you know, obviously Ruggs is a small, fast, shifty guy, and I wonder how the Chiefs felt. You know, like hey. How does it feel what happens to you when Tyreek Hill runs down the line, um, you know, past you getting that touchdown? So I, I think I was shocked to see that the Kansas City Chiefs lost that game. I think it's obviously an aberration. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're going to bounce back. They're going to throw for a million yards on Monday night. And I do think that Tennessee, coming off of a short week, they're playing right now, 
against the Buffalo Bills aren't going to be able to match that firepower with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't see the Chiefs losing two games in a row. I think it's going to be a little bit of a blowout here. This could get ugly, maybe like a 42-31 uh, kind of thing. Uh, I'm not buying that. I mean, the last two weeks, though, granted, you could, you could we could all say what we want about the, you know, the offensive side of the Patriots, but like the defensive side, they shut Mahomes down for three full quarters, and uh, the the Oakland Raiders, Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders, they handled their business, and they were really weren't dropping into zone that much. They were blitzing a crap ton against Patrick Mahomes. They hurried him up uh, under pressure. He threw he threw a couple of really brutal picks. And the, that offense in the second half didn't do a whole lot. I think it was punt, punt, interception, another punt, and then a touchdown in garbage time. I, like, that whole offense was out of whack. And I, I really like this Buffalo Bills team that's that's clicking at the moment. Uh, and Josh Allen is looking like an MVP candidate. Uh, this is probably one of the most balanced rosters in the entire NFL. And, Jay, are they, on the, are they in Arrowhead this week? They're in Arrowhead, and just to give you guys an update, uh, when the third quarter, 21-10, Tennessee is up, and they're driving again for a touchdown. It's about to be 28-10 here soon, and the Buffalo Bills haven't looked that good this game so far. Hmm. Nah, uh, well, if they blow this game, I think it's just going to be a revenge game, and the I, I really think uh, Josh Allen might be able to to do a lot of things on the ground against this team uh, and just open up that offense a bit more against Kansas city and a different look from what this Kansas city defense is used to seeing. Uh, so give me, give me the Buffalo bills right now. They're, they're not available to be betting on in, uh, in Vegas at the moment. But I mean, if you had to guess a point spread, what would, what would you say at home four and a half points for Kansas city? as, they're, a, as they're, a they're in Buffalo. They're in Buffalo. Oh, they're in Buffalo. Yeah. Sorry. They're in Buffalo. Whoa. Yep. That's crazy. I might, I might switch it up, man. Nah, man. <laughs> I'm thinking Buffalo at home. Either way, Buffalo at home, Arrowhead on Mars. Uh, give me Buffalo. Uh, I think uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it might be a field goal type of deal. But I, I think it's going to be a, a great Monday night uh, op- uh, opening. Opening match. What do you got, Burge? So uh, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a close game. I think um, you know three points very easily could decide this game. I'm still not one that's sold on the Buffalo Bills. Maybe it's my bias. I don't know. But we've oh, seen yeah, this t- we've seen this tune with the Buffalo Bills before where they've come out with these hot starts, four, five, six, and zero, oh, and they end up finishing nine and seven. I mean, granted, Josh Allen has looked really good this year. Um, so it's it's tough to say. Patrick Mahomes, I think that the Patriots and the Raiders have written the book on how to neutralize them the last two games. Patriots should have won the game on Monday night. They had Cam Newton. They probably win the game. If they don't travel on the same day, they probably win the game. The travel on the same day didn't affect the defense at all. So I like a close game here. I'm, I gotta, I can't pick against Mahomes in Kansas City, and I can never, ever pick the Buffalo Bills because I can never I can never trust them. Burge, I like to, you, man. Still live I up like with you it. quite a bit. I like you, brother, man. Now, <laughs> I, I am unfortunately being forced into admit that Josh Allen is better than I expected. I was really critical on him last year because I didn't think he was playing at, at a – he didn't take that, that, that step that he needed to take for that team to be great. But obviously, he's playing great right now. Are you guys buying in to the Josh Allen MVP buzz, though? Because I've seen the articles written here and there, and I don't think he's going to be able to match the firepower that Russell Wilson has and the amount of touchdowns he's throwing up. So I don't think he'll be able to win the MVP. But what's your thoughts on the whole MVP Josh Allen thing? I think so. Oh, I like it. I like it, Burge, because I was like, I think so. I don't think so either. (laughs) I think so. Only because if 
with how with how he's used in this offense, and it, you know he's he's a he's a threat on the ground. I think if he's able to put up numbers like Cam Newton did in 2015, because he was a beast on the ground, I think he led the league in touchdowns scored. Uh, if he's able to do that, and I mean he's improved as a passer, and having Stephon Diggs there helps. But Brian Dable is putting Josh Allen in positions to succeed with these offensive weapons that he has. Uh, I think he could make a very strong case. He already is in the in the in the conversation for for the MVP. But I think if he goes into this week into Monday, he they handle their business at home against Patrick Mahomes or and and just does his thing. I think you're going to have to really start putting him up there in that MVP conversation. Does that mean he's going to win against Russell Wilson with this let Russ cook uh, narrative, which is really. Russell Wilson has to throw the ball all the time because our defense can't stop shit. Uh, the only difference of why we're not getting clowned like the Dallas Cowboys is because it's the Dallas Cowboys. Like, yeah, he's going to have to put up a lot more touchdowns. But I think if he handles his business, he's going to be up there in the conversation for MVP. Let's yeah. look at the conversation at MVP. What is it? What's most valuable player to your team, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Who's to say Cam yeah. Newton doesn't get in that discussion? Oh, I think Cam Newton. <laughs> I think Cam Newton could be in that discussion too. I mean, I kind of I clowned on the opening on odds, Washington. the opening odds when he signed with New England. He was instantly a top ten pick to be MVP. He was getting better odds than Kyler Murray as soon as he came in, and I kind of laughed. But I mean, you look at this offense that New England's doing. They're a power run team. We've seen that in the transactions they've done in the off season. Uh, and Bill's going to want to force the ball down people's throats. And if Cam's able to protect himself while running, which I know sounds like an oxymoron, but like mm-hmm. look at what um, Lamar Jackson is doing with how often he runs, you know, yeah, he could definitely be up there if he puts this team on his back and they make, especially with the expanded playoff uh, field this year. Yeah. Like I just think well, about this, like Cam Newton, you, you, you see it. So if he could, if he comes in, comes back from this COVID and he continues what he was doing before pre-COVID for him. You saw what he means to this team on Monday yeah. night against the Chiefs. You saw well, it. Well, I understand that. But, and listen, I would love nothing more for Cam to win the MVP. But, but I think the fact that Russell Wilson on a week-to-week basis is throwing up four to five touchdowns. And, you know, oh, he's, absolutely. he's looking absolutely phenomenal. And I made this point to Brendan a couple of weeks ago. The MVP in the NFL – you know, seven like seventy to eighty percent of it counts on your stats and how well your team is playing. Mm-hmm. But this twenty percent of it is also the storyline, right? And there's a storyline built in that Cam Newton has never received even one single MVP vote, which is absolutely insane to me. But I think that coupled with the fact that he's playing so one, his team is five and zero. I think it's going to be hard for for Cam Newton to to or anybody I mean, else truthfully or anybody else truthfully to come make a, a, a push for that over Russell Wilson. Wait, you mean you meant Russell Wilson, right? Should deserve the MVP. Russell Wilson, yeah, yeah. Who did okay. I say? Russell Wilson, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of breaking uh, breaking news: uh, Jess just released Le'Veon Bell. Wow! Wait, they released him. They just released wow! Him. They, wow! They were shopping him not too long ago. Oh my God! <laughs> Um, so after having con- this is a statement from GM Joe Douglas. I'll read this out for you guys. After having conversations with Le'Veon and his agent and exploring potential trade options over the past couple of days, we have made the decision to release Le'Veon. The Jets organization appreciates Le'Veon's efforts during his time here, and we know wow. we work hard to make significant oh, blah, blah, blah. 
blah, 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 blah. We believe his decision in the best way. So, yep, that's it. Yep, he's released. Wow. The, Bill Belichick drinking orange juice right now. Got to go pick him up. <laughs> you know, no, no. What I love, I love is that uh, Bill Belichick walking in in the, in the Detroit Lions stadium with yeah. the uh, WWE music. And the second he doesn't uh, give those kids a high five, you go, oh, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'm I'm looking up real quick what the the cap hit is for the Jets on this fucking contract. Oh my God. That's that's absolutely 17 insane. million. Um, 17 million yeah, against the, the cap. Jets have to pay a chunk of Le'Veon Bell's remaining 2020 compensation. Yeah, that's uh oof. That's pretty Ouch. bad, dude. Holy shit. All right, well, I mean, all jokes aside. Probably gonna go to Tampa Bay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I mean, real realistically, what's the landing spot for for? What do you think the play is? Well, listen. Who? Well, I, I love for him to go to the Patriots, but I think we're just so stacked at running back, especially with Damian Harris coming back, and I think yeah. he's gonna be our number one bell cow going forward over Sony Michelle, and yeah. you, know, you got James White and Rex Burkett. I don't think it's, there's any room for him in New England. But I mean, off the top of my head, man, who's who's a team that needs a running back right now? In the worst of ways, I can't think of anybody right now. But obviously, after doing some research, uh, you know, I can get back to you guys. But I don't know off the top of my head where he's going to land at. I can't think of anything either. I mean, I mean, Cleveland because Nick Chubb is hurt, but that's like eh. backs down there. <laughs> yeah, that might be too many personalities in that locker room. Uh, the Bears. Yeah, you compare him with David Johnson, not David Johnson. Um, uh, David Montgomery. Montgomery. Yep. Yeah. I can see hey, that. Dalvin Cook just got hurt in Minnesota. And they yeah. don't know how long he's going to be. He's going to sit out at least this week. It could be longer, too. Yeah, I could buy that. So the Jets owe Le'Veon Bell another $6 million in guaranteed base salary this season. His $8 million base salary for 2021 was guaranteed for injury only. Virtually impossible to trade, but they tried instead. Bell is now a free agent as of Tom Pelissero two seconds ago. Wow. What's your opinion of Bell? Do you think do you think Bell's got got a lot left in the tank? No, absolutely not. I think he's I, done. Okay. Uh, I, I agree I with you. Done. I think he had his heyday in in Steelerland. Uh, I think it's unfortunate that they weren't able to win a Super Bowl with Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we're gonna see. This is probably the last of Le'Veon Bell in the NFL. Sure, he'll get a sniff here and there, and he'll play for a couple more years. But the good days of Le'Veon Bell, no, not anymore. I think he screwed himself sitting out a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Too. That's it. Yeah. No, I think uh, I, I think he was a, a massive beneficiary behind the offensive line, and uh, he was exposed with the Jets. So let's just call it for what it is. Le'Veon Bell yeah. tweeted four minutes ago an emoji. I don't know if this is the praying emoji or two people high fiving. I can never tell, but he just tweeted that. That's it. <laughs> hey, I could see him going to, to Los Angeles Chargers too. I mean, they they got to be the best one and four team oh out there God. right now. Oh my God! They just lost Eckler. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good landing spot, man. Yeah, I I was just telling Brennan last night. I I have a massive chubby for for Justin Herbert. I think the guy is a real deal. I think he's gonna yep. be absolutely special. And you know the you know unfortunately he's lost you know three tough games, but he had both you know New England, I'm sorry both Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and you know the Kansas City Chiefs on the ropes in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, he just couldn't close it out. So I think that's a good landing spot for Le'Veon Bell. If he has anything left in his tank, he'll be he'll be great in that backfield. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Cool. Uh, so we all using a podcast. Yeah, right. That's like the the second time in our history that's happened. Um, so we're we all took the Rams, right? 
Yep. yep. And then we have one game left, which is the Monday night late game, Dallas versus Arizona. My God, did you guys see? Oh, my God. <laughs> did you guys see Dak Prescott's foot? Going Saw that there? live. Oh, oh, my God. Ouch. Well, what, well, when it first happened, I thought it was his Achilles because he's holding his calf. And then I couldn't really tell what was going on. And then I saw his, from a different angle, his foot kind of like pointing the other way. I, I threw up. I felt so sad. I walked so, away from the TV, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. And then, and then and then, Tony Romo, did you guys catch when he was talking about, oh, I hope it's just a cramp. Oh, it's just a cramp. Yeah. <laughs> if that's a cramp, oh, my God. Cut my leg off. Oh, my God. But, no, I mean, watching that, I was at work, so, like, I, I, I missed out on that until I got home and saw the replays. And, you know, it, it you know, it, kind of a joking fashion, I was sitting there saying, like, take my leg instead. But, like, you know, one of the great one of the greatest guys in the NFL, like, personality-wise, you're never going to find somebody say a bad word about him unless you're Skip Asshat Bayless. But with, <laughs> with everything that Dak has had to endure throughout, you know, his life and, you know, everything recently um it just it just sucks and you know there was a lot of this conversation about oh man he missed out on the contract and, and all this stuff he's not going to leave dallas like they're going to work something out dallas is going to hit him with the franchise tag again next year and he's going to get 37 million dollars fully guaranteed and I, I don't think he's leaving the star anytime soon and uh, I, I just hope he, he gets a he gets a speedy recovery and it sounded like surgery went well and you know, after seeing everything with Alex Smith's compound fracture, like you kind of have to hold your breath when it comes to surgery with a compound fracture and the bone is in a in a, a sweaty sock. Like you, you, that's that's a wing and a prayer kind of moment. But I, I'm hopefully comes back better than ever. Maybe MVP and comeback player of the year all in one. Dude, I I was looking once I saw the replay a couple times and I figured out what happened. I was looking to see if there's any blood coming through that sock because. That that looked gruesome, man, and I and I felt bad for him. And obviously, you know, it sucks when when good players and good people have just horrific injuries like that. Um, and, and it's something that you know we all hope that he comes back as soon as possible and he can have a has a great you know NFL career with a massive contract. But in regards to the game itself, I mean, I I do think that this is going to get really bad really quick for the Dallas Cowboys because. There's this narrative going around right now that, hey, well, listen, they're going to go back to that old school football of running the ball with Zeke and they'll be more efficient and they'll just take, you know, here, shots here, shots there with Andy Dalton. Unfortunately, your defense is so bad, you're going to be forced to be in a hole 2 one and you're going to have to throw you have to throw out of that hole. It's not going to be that easy as people make it out to be that you'll just run the ball and throw the ball as little as possible uh, when your defense is so bad. So I do think this is going to be a, a bad season turn worse. I mean, this could be a, a free fall for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm actually predicting the Arizona Cardinals to win uh, on Monday night, probably in the realm of like 27 to 17. You know what? I'm going to do another psycho take here. Oh, here we go. And it's not it's not that far from the realm of possibility. It, Andy Dalton might be the best quarterback in the NFC East right now. Like uh, is that no. I'll is agree it, with you there. Is it that far of a Better stretch? Than Carson Wentz? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he hasn't looked that great up until prior yeah. to the Pittsburgh game. Carson Wentz looked bad. Like he yeah, kind of got bailed out in the end against the 49ers. But no, I I'm Andy Dalton, it's not a bridge too far to think that Andy Dalton might be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC East right now. And this, man, this division is so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody is going to have to win this division. 
And we said this last year as well, too. Like, somebody's going to have to win this division. And, you know, Andy Dalton can still throw the football. Like, he was a free agent. The reason why he signed with Dallas was he was just a victim of the times like Cam Newton. Like, it was a COVID. It was a shortened offseason. You couldn't get any free agent workouts. He's originally from, I think, Tyler, Texas. He went to TCU. His family still lives outside of Dallas. Like, it was just a homecoming for him. And I think with this offensive weapons that you have with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and those two the two throws he made to Gallup to, on the, the touchdown-winning drive uh, against the Giants last week, I still think he can spin it. It's just really this defense. Are they going to able to just make a play and stop somebody one time uh, to really turn the tide of a football game? Um, well, well, that was my bigger point, man. Like, there's, there's bigger issues with this Dallas Cowboys team than just the quarterback play. I know it sucked that mm-hmm. Dak went down, but your defense can't stop a nosebleed. So what's going to mm-hmm. happen when Arizona goes up, I don't know, let's say 24-0 a half? Can, do you think Danny Dolan is good enough to throw them out of that hole? I mean, Arizona didn't look that good against a, a Joe Flacco-led Jets just, last week. Well, just just a hypothetical, man. Just like, you know, eventually this defense doesn't – it's not looking like it's getting any better. Am I right or am I wrong there? I think – you're not wrong. That defense sucks, but I think Andy Dalton still has some stuff in the tank. He's just outside the geriatric quarterback club. But, I mean, he had a worse defense last year with Cincinnati, and he was in a bunch of shootouts at points with limited offensive weapons as well. I think he's going to be able to keep this team in the game. I, Jesus, I I think Arizona wins. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread. I think Dallas Whoa. can cover it's. I don't think it's that beyond, far beyond the realm of possibility that Dallas could squeak a win out because despite what the record shows for the Cardinals, they have been an underwhelming team all year. And I'm saying that as a manager of Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds, I went out and made a trade to get Chase Edmonds just to back up because he's been that brutal. So I think Dallas could cover. I would not be shocked if they won this game. I think this could be the coming out party for the Arizona Cardinals, personally. Yeah, okay. I I think that their offense hasn't lived up to what it could be. And, you know, what you said about Andy Dalton is right. I think he, if he's not the best quarterback in the NFC East right now, by the end of the year, we could be talking that he is the best quarterback out of the NFC East. That uh, The offense of weapons that Dallas has, he has no reason not to succeed there. I mean, he has proven himself as an NFL quarterback. And, you know, he was almost here in New England for crying out loud. I mean, I'm still convinced that if Cam Newton was was not the one left and Andy Dalton was the one veteran quarterback left on the free agent market when the time came for the Patriots to sign a quarterback, Andy Dalton would be here. So I think that he can still play. That said, Dallas's defense given up 180 points this year already, most in their division. You know, it might even be the most in the conference. I'm looking at it right now. It is the most in the NFC this year. I think that this very well is a prime opportunity to see what Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, et cetera, for that Arizona Cardinals offense can do, and they could they could have a field day. And I, I'm going to pick Arizona to win this game. I think it's going to be close because of what the Dallas Cowboys have on offense with Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I'm still going to go with Arizona to win this game. And that NFC West is going to be uh, be quite the division going forward. 
What's the what's the better division right now? The AFC North or the NFC West? Because or you know, out of these three, or the NFC South, because you have three teams tied for first place. I think I think the AFC North uh, right now is the class of the NFL, man. I think with Pittsburgh and how well they're playing, uh, with the Cleveland teams like they're rounding into shape, and you know, obviously the Ravens, you know, obviously. Those guys are going to be in the picture long haul as well. I, I like that tree, that trio of those three teams better than uh, the Rams, um, Cardinals, and Seahawks. I'm with you. Yeah. The the NFC uh, the AFC North is is the class of the NFL. You look, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Ben, Big Ben there. I mean, you got a lot of experience in that division going deep in playoffs and obviously the Cleveland Browns are the the, the team coming to the uh coming to the top here and who knows what's going to be be with them I'm still not sold on them but they win they win next week you got five and one five and one atop the AFC North anything can happen yeah I'm, I'm with you guys on that one too I, I think it's a great story what the Carolina Panthers have done you know less Christian McCaffrey but I, I don't really think it's that sustainable, uh, despite noodle alarm, Drew Brees, and and forgetful Tom Brady. Uh, uh, I, I think it. I think it's really just going to come down to to Tampa Bay and and uh, and New Orleans, and we're going to find out a lot once Michael Thomas starts uh, stops punching teammates and yelling at head coaches <laughs> when he gets back. I mean, if this offense kind of gets back on the right track with Michael Thomas, then. You know, I guess we can stop burying Drew Brees as much, but I mean, if it's if well, listen, he comes no, back, no, Brennan, uh, Brennan, I think I think we can listen. I, I was fighting this, right? I mean, you know, we've had this conversation many times, but even I'm seeing it. It's not just a Michael Thomas thing. When you see a quarterback that doesn't have confidence in, in his uh, in his progressions, in his decisions, confidence, he doesn't have. Uh, every single throw that he makes looks like it's a fucking event. Like he's putting everything from his lower body to get that ball downfield. So it's not just a Michael Thomas thing. I do truly believe we're seeing the decline of Drew Brees in front of our eyes right now. Oh, for sure. Is it? Am I crazy to say it looked like at times Drew Brees didn't want to be on the field? Well, listen, it, it's very telling that, you know, Sean Payne decides to oh, go wow. and take some hell for some of the biggest – moments of the game whether it's a big you know late game situation or a big throw down the field he went with Taysom Hill what does that tell you about what he, what he thinks about Drew Brees mm-hmm. or or you know he, he could have been taking a playbook uh, a play out of the uh the Jada Smith playbook of entanglements I think he's in an entanglement with uh with Taysom Hill and it, it really needs to stop um but yeah in short NFC North best division or not NFC North AFC North I should say just hey, a quick uh, note, real quick note right here. Uh, it's now t- 27, almost 28 to 10, Tennessee yeah. over Buffalo. Yeah, Tennessee oh. is just, just demolishing the Bills right now. It's pretty bad. Did, did John o. Smith find his way to the end zone? He did. <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, just one last tweet I want to read out to you guys because this is absolutely ridiculous. Le'Veon Bell earned $28 million across 18 games played for the New York Jets, $1.5 million per game. Let such a Jets in. move. Such a Let such a Jets in. move. <laughs> he uh, fifteen millions of dead cap in twenty twenty, another four million in twenty twenty one. Only the fucking New York Jets. All right, real quick, and then I guess we should probably wrap it up because we're almost at an hour and a half. But um, we're gonna do the over under on Le'Veon Bell's longest run as a New York Jet. The over under is at thirty yards. 
What do you take? Under. Under. I'm going, I'm going under too. Yeah, under 19 yards. That was his <laughs> longest run in the New York Jets. Yep. Toast. Clown show. Absolute clown show. Yep. That's the Jets are gonna jet. The Jets are gonna jet. God, God bless any Jet fan. Jay, thank goodness they're in our division. Thank goodness. Who, who is the most? Who is the most incompetent? NFL franchise over the last, let's say, two years. Because I think it's the Jets, and close second might be, what, maybe the Falcons? I mean, you could, you could say that about the Falcons. I mean, you could say that the coaching with the Falcons. And you got to go further than two years. you got to go back to that 28-3 to Super Bowl. But this, the, the Falcons have brought talent in. Yeah. yeah. The, Jets, the Jets bring in has-beens, and then they bring in, the, they bring in Adam Gase to be their coach. And... They continue to make the same stupid mistakes every year. I I can't think of anybody worse. No, I'm with you. I mean, the Jets uh, last year, I mean, you had Mike McCagnon spending like a a coked out rapper on C.J. Mosley, who played, I think, one game Mm -hmm. or one half because he went on injured reserve with a groin injury and then he opted out this year. Um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, we, we basically just wrote his obituary right now. Yep. Uh, and, and, and they ran Kalechi Osimile out of the building. Like there's, there's no, it's just insane. It's just insane how this organization that is run by the Johnson and Johnson family is so inept at just trying to put a football team up. Like they might be worse than the owners of the Cleveland Browns. And, and that is saying something. That Jay, is saying Jay, something like that. Jay, I'd go, I'd go with the Detroit Lions being worse than yes. the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, we can't, we can't forget about our boy Dave Gettleman with the Giants because he's also what nine and twenty-seven uh, over the last, over his tenure with the Giants. I think they have something with Joe Judge though, and I'm not saying that with the Patriots bias. Mm. Yep, I don't mind. I mean, they've, I, they've got some I, bad I injuries there. I mean, Saquon getting hurt again—that's bad. I mean. I like to think that Daniel Jones is better than what he is right now, but he's got to show it, obviously. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, do you guys want to talk about anything else, or do you think that's a, that's a wrap on the podcast? Adam Jones is trash. Oh, go in. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. Go in, Burge. Uh, well, we already, ta- we, we already touched on it a little bit, and with the whole Stidham – Hoyer thing. He was 100% right on Hoyer. I'll give him that. 100% right that he was trash in that game. The whole reason Hoyer was brought in by the to play in a game against the Chiefs was to not make the stupid mistakes. And I know, Jay, you'll agree with me. Yep. Don't get sacked with no timeouts. Yep. In field goal range with five seconds left in the quarter. I was ready to punch my TV after that happened. I was so angry. But he is dead wrong on Jarrett Stidham. And I'm going to go in on this again. I was very excited to see him play against the Broncos this week. We may still get to see it next week. We may be let down by it. But we'll at least know what he is. Adam Jones continues to troll yeah. me. He reads my tweets on the air. He trolls me. Does he really? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jay, Adam Jones is a... Who's Adam a, Jones, by the way? He's, he's 98.5 a, The Sports Hub. Yeah, 98.5 The Sports Hub. He's the evening drive uh, radio host. And, Jay, the only way I can describe him is a a low-rent, poor man's 
Colin Cowherd uh, of of evening radio with like the the shotgun hot takes, but like just on steroids. Like he was trying to uh, create a narrative with the McCordy brothers, uh, basically throwing the league and the the PA under the bus. And he was saying, "Well, why aren't you holding the New England Patriots to fall for for all of the issues of the COVID positive tests and blah 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 blah?" And it's like. You don't even know if anybody in the Pats broke protocol. So why would he be angry at his employer? Like, you know, Belichick and, and all the people that have the protocols in place. We don't know if anybody broke protocol like the Tennessee Titans did. It could have just been one guy going to the grocery store and just, you know, uh, wrong place, wrong time. Uh, Adam Jones is just a clown. Like, I, I don't I don't know how he hasn't been reprimanded. And Burge, we were talking off air some of like the Tuka Rask takes of him. And Don't even get me started, man. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. <laughs> but no, like 98.5, Jay, 98.5 is, it is something to behold. Something to behold. What, what, what is up with this 98.5? Because I keep hearing about it over and over again. And unfortunately, Gotta start listening. Yeah, yeah, just listen to the website. They, they, they do like live simulcasts on the website. I don't know, man. I, I I like listening to the guys in uh, in Ohio, my funny con man and Torg. <laughs> if you like that, then don't, then football. don't, then don't do it. You, you just, you, no, that's it'll ruin like, sports uh, radio for you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like to laugh, you know. <laughs> and Brent, these guys been, will just piss you off. What's up? These guys will just piss you off. Oh yeah, I'm okay on that. I'm alright. Yeah. I don't need that in my life. Yeah, no, I'm you already, don't want to drive no enough as it is. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm good. My God. Uh, all right, y'all. Should we should we wrap this up for the evening? I'm I'm good. I'm good. All right, perfect. This episode and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher under Pro Football Radio Podcast. Uh, we we have some technical difficulties, so the YouTube stream. Probably isn't going to be up this week, but we're going to work the kinks out. We'll be back better than ever next week. Uh, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Burge, where can the listeners find you on uh, on the Twitter machine? Twitter, at Burge the Goalie. Yes. Give this guy a follow. See this guy go toe-to-toe with 98.5 The Sports Hub. The blue collar hero that we all need, Eric Burgess. <laughs> hey, I want to say I want to say thank you for letting me come on. I I really enjoyed this uh, this experience. Oh, we're having you back on, Burge. So get Absolutely. used to it. Burge, Burge, listen, now that I know that you're a uh, Patriots fan, uh, I am more than happy to bring you on every single week. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm down. I'm down. I this this is a uh, a new experience for me, and it's been a it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I like talking football. So. Um, Anytime you guys want me back, I'll be I'll be here. Yes. Cool. Yes. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it so much, man. Listen, and thank you everybody else for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Bye, Dios.